Good morning, friends. Welcome to worship at Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church on this summer Sunday morning. It is good to be together. It is good to see you in the pews. If you happen to be joining us via live stream or on the radio, we extend a special welcome to you. Uh, we are glad that you've chosen to make Preston Hollow a part of your Sunday morning experience for worship. Uh, for those gathered here in the sanctuary, I want to remind you that we have friendship pads that we encourage you to sign to let us know that you're here, and also to allow you to uh, make note of names of people that are sitting around you so that you can continue to greet and converse with folks following our hour of worship this morning. So please take the opportunity to do that. If you are visiting among us for what is one of the first times, uh, we are especially glad to welcome you here and we look forward to coming to know you. We have a lot of good information for you in the atrium, which is through the north transept doors here to my right, and you just go down into the atrium. There's a desk there with volunteers who will look forward to greeting you and answering any questions that you might have about the church, about our ministries, about ways that you can become involved in the life of the church. So please take the opportunity to uh, know that that is there. There is a gift for those of you who are new among us as a way for us just to say we are glad that you're here and we look forward to uh, coming to know you. In your pew racks right in front of you, you will notice uh, prayer cards and connect cards. On the connect side, if you have a, a question for the church, if you would like to become more involved in a program or an activity, you can complete that side. On the reverse is a prayer card. Your pastors and deacons consider it a privilege to pray with you and pray for you. And this is a way for you to let us know of what might be on your heart and mind uh, at this time in your life. Place the card in the offering plate at the appropriate time in worship and we look forward to receiving that information. Friends, in faith, as we awoke to a new day this morning, the clouds covered the sun. But we know that the sun is there because, nevertheless, the sky was bright. There was a gentle breeze. Perhaps you heard the singing of a bird as you walked outside. Each dawning of a new day is a gift from God. And do you know that even heat and humidity are gifts from God? <laughs> Let us remember. Each Sunday of the summer, as you know by now, if you've been around, we are pondering the sacredness of the ordinary how God shows up in the routine times of our lives, the mundane of everyday living. And every new day is a chance for us to take in the goodness of God's simple gifts, the pleasure of God's creative presence. Look around, friends. Slow down long enough to take in the simple goodness and ponder God's presence in every little thing. For this is the day that the Lord is still making. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us worship God together.
join me in the call. Please join me in the call to worship. In sleeping and in waking. God is present. And eating and in playing. God is present. And losing keys, reading a book, and sitting in traffic. God is present. As we gather for worship. God is present.
confident in God's grace, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Friends, hear and believe the, the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. to see you all 
this morning. So last week, we had a special week together here at Preston Hollow. Does anyone remember what we were at? Just say it out loud. We were at VBS, that's right. And so when we were at VBS, we talked about a certain story. Does anyone know what that story was? That's right, we talked about God's creation. And so we talked through the creation story and we talked about not only that story, but how we care for God's creation. And so we did several things during the week to learn about how we care for God's creation. One of those things was first our decorations. Um, we did not buy any decorations this year. We used all trash and recycled items. And guess what, guys? All of those items came from people that are sitting out here. We couldn't have done it without them. And so if you have one of the decorations, you brought forward one of those. If you want to stand up, and can you just show it off? Tavern, you got one. Brooks, you got one. And so every, everything that was in the hallways was made out of trash, which was so cool. All right, you guys can sit down. We also talked about recycling, and we recycled a bunch of stuff this week. We didn't buy anything for crafts. We made things for other people during crafts, and we ate off of reusable plates and cups. That way we weren't using plastic cups and just throwing them away. We washed them, and that way they were ready for the next day. Um, so we talked about the creation story and how we care for God's creation. And Mr. Michael taught us a new song that we're going to sing together this morning. That's right. We learned so many wonderful things at Vacation Bible School. Um, but the most important thing that we learned is that creation is a gift from God. And we have a song that we learned. And so if you weren't here this weekend, we're going to give you some motions that you can at least do. And if you're in the congregation, you can do these as well. First thing you want to do is you want to hold out your hands like you're receiving a gift. And so it's, the gifts that God gives me are mine to care for, mine to share. Did you get all that? Here we go. The gifts that God gives me are mine to care for, mine to share. So if you don't know how the whole song goes, you at least have that part that you can do. If you're in the front here, would you stand up? Because we're going to do this for the adults. You can stand up. It's really okay. <laughs> Would you get your fingers ready? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The gifts. Hold on. I sang the wrong words. It's my responsibility, right? Here we go. It's my responsibility to wisely use what God gives me. The gifts that God gives me. Here we go. It's my response. Thank you very much. Put your left hand up in the air. Put your right hand up in the air. Put them together. And bow your head. We're going to go to God in prayer, and you can repeat after me. Creator God. Thank you for making all things good. We love you. Amen. All right, you may go back to your seats with your families.
faith, as we prepare to hear scripture read aloud, we are going to turn to God in prayer. So please pray with me. Holy God, you have so made us that we cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from you. So as your word is read and proclaimed, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, that we may hear your word of wisdom with fresh insight, and that the lives would be transformed to reflect those of the crucified and risen Christ, who speaks good news to the poor and lets the oppressed go free. Amen. Good morning. Our reading for ourselves today comes from the Gospel according to Luke. Listen to God's word for our lives this morning. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or, what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and carefully search until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that is lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Here at PHBC, the central theme for our worship and fellowship throughout this summer has been on the sacred, ordinary life. This means that we are trying to name and claim those seemingly insignificant and mundane parts of our lives that we tend to overlook. And in doing so, perhaps we will surprise ourselves by finding a glimpse of God, a little bit of holiness, already dwelling in those places and parts of our lives. And today I want to talk to you about a universal, what I think is a universal phenomenon, but first, I need your help to demonstrate just how common this is. So I'm going to ask you to participate in a very informal poll. And here's how it'll go. I will ask you a question, and if your answer is yes, you will respond with a yes by snapping your fingers. 
And if you can't snap, then you can pat your legs or just do something to signal your yes. So let's do a few practice questions. So snap your fingers or pat your legs, whatever. If you plan to travel out of Texas this summer, snap your fingers if you lost electricity this week. All right, you got this. All right, so here's the real, real poll. Snap your fingers if you have ever misplaced your keys or your wallet. Snap your fingers if when you found your keys, they were in your own door. <laughs> Snap your fingers if you have ever had to call your own phone to find it. <laughs> And this is the last one, I promise. Snap your fingers if you have ever lost your eyeglasses while they were still on your head. Okay, okay. Thank you so much for playing along. I hope what this exercise does for us is reassure us that all of us, or most of us at least, have lost something important at one time or another in our lives. I, for one, am notorious about losing my keys. The good news is that I'm aware of this, and so I have a spare key hidden somewhere outside my house, I won't tell you. <laughs> and I also know where their spare key is to my office building in this building. And so what I haven't found a good solution for, and what you won't get out of this sermon, is how not to lose your keys in the first place. <laughs> what I think is telling about these moments when we lose our keys or our wallets is what we do in the midst of our searching. My theory is that there are three common reactions. The first is rational thinking. This probably happens within the first 30 seconds since you've discovered that you've lost this thing. This is when logic and reason are still your friends, and so you know to retrace your steps. You check the pants that you were wearing earlier, or you look under the stack of mail by the door. And you might also give yourself a pep talk. You know, it's okay to be a few minutes late to that meeting. But as your search goes a little bit longer, I think that rational thinking gives way to what I call is number two, negative self-talk. This is when you start to doubt your own vision, your own memory, your own sanity. You blow through your house like a tornado, turning over couch cushions and slamming doors like that's going to help somehow. And perhaps there's a little bit of name-calling and self-deprecation. And as time goes on, you might find yourself bartering with God. You might say something like, God, if I can just find these keys, I promise I will call my mother back today. <laughs> and if at some point you still can't find your keys, Desperation gives in, and then your thoughts will turn to what I call as response number three, which is good old-fashioned blame. 
You start blaming everyone else and everything else on why your keys are lost. Your kids, your spouse, your annoying neighbor, millennials. <laughs> you start questioning everything about your existence. Why did I sign up to be on the diaconate? Why do my kids have a thousand activities that I have to chauffeur them to? Why can't I turn on my car with my own fingerprints like my phone? <laughs> and who of us haven't asked the age-old question, why, God, why do bad things happen to good people? In short, when we lose these simple yet important things we need to go on about our lives, we end up on the verge of losing our minds. But for as often as we lose something, surely we have moments where that thing that is lost is finally found. And for me, that moment feels like being unstuck from moving in slow motion. A flood of relief rushes over me and I am out the door and on my way to whatever it is that I was supposed to be doing. And it's likely that as my day goes on, that moment, that moment that was so full of worry and frustration and anguish, that moment is long gone, out of sight, out of mind. And the chances are that I probably will not have thought about that moment again until the next time I lose my keys. In our scripture lesson for today, Jesus tells us two, two parables of items being lost and then found. The first is a shepherd and his sheep. The second, a woman and her lost silver coin. What is interesting to me is how the focus of these stories is not on the moment the sheep and the coins are lost. It's almost mentioned as a matter of fact. So you lost a sheep or you lost a coin. Things get lost. These things happen. What Jesus spends his time on in these parables is telling us what happens when what is lost is finally found again. The shepherd does not simply find the sheep and lead the sheep back to the flock and go on herding and grazing. The woman does not just find the coin and put it in her pocket and go to the market and run her errands. No, the shepherd places the sheep on his shoulders and rejoices. The shepherd and the woman tell all of their friends and their neighbors about their good news. And they invite everyone to rejoice and celebrate that this one thing that was lost has been found. So you may be wondering, well, are these parables telling us that we need to throw a raging party every time we find our lost keys? <laughs> not, not quite. See, Jesus tells these parables to remind us of God's grace. And I wonder how these daily disruptions that happen to all of us might be an invitation to see the persistence of God's grace in our lives. 
You see, Jesus isn't telling these parables just to his disciples. He is responding to the Pharisees and the scribes who are grumbling about the company that he keeps. They are offended by the questionable characters who sit at table with Jesus, the tax collectors and the sinners who draw near to him and listen to him. And so Jesus tells these parables to all of them, to the Pharisees, to the tax collectors, the scribes, and the sinners, that God and all of heaven rejoices even if one sinner repents. Now I want to take a moment and acknowledge that in our flavor of Christianity, we don't tend to throw around words like sinners and repentance very often. I know many of us have grown up in traditions and churches that do, and so we have felt and experienced the painful ways that these words have been used to guilt or shame us into committing to a life of faith. But I don't know about you. When I hear how Jesus tells these parables to describe God's relationships with sinners and repentance, I don't feel shame or guilt. What I feel is God's abundant and relentless love for me and for all of us. The way Jesus describes God in these parables reminds me of the story I heard recently. A story about a man named Anthony Ray Hinton. Back in 1985, Anthony was arrested and charged with two counts of capital murder in Alabama. In his own book titled, The Sun Does Shine, Anthony recounts the terrifying journey of being an innocent man on death row for 30 years. He writes this. It was like everything good was being taken away one small chunk at a time. Belief, family, truth, faith, Justice. I wondered who I would be when this was all over. How could I be the same person? Would there be anything left after this trial? And what if they actually found me guilty? What then? Nobody believed me. And some days it felt like the whole world, except for Lester and my mom, was conspiring against me. Lester, who we learn, is Anthony's childhood best friend. And for almost 30 years, Lester visited Anthony every single week in prison. After Lester got off from work on Friday, he would drive over 500 miles round trip and did not miss a week to visit his friend in prison his friend who otherwise might have lost all hope. I believe this is how Jesus wants us to see God. 
like a shepherd relentlessly pursuing his sheep, like a woman staying up all night searching for her lost coin, like a father running ahead to welcome the prodigal son home. Jesus, through his own words and through his very life, teaches us how God's love is both free and freeing. I do want to be clear that this understanding of God's love is not a free pass for our bad behavior or bad decisions. God's love does not eliminate any consequences that we might face in this life. But like the sheep and the coin, sometimes we just get lost. In this life, we will inevitably lose things both big and small. Keys, wallets, glasses, relationships, homes, jobs, marriages, our health, pregnancies, our ability to take care of ourselves, to drive. And I believe that our responses in these small moments can be dress rehearsals for our responses to those significant and life-shattering moments that we cannot avoid. And so when we feel like the whole world is against us, what do we do? Do we try to rely on reason and logic to make sense of it all? Do we question and start bartering with God? Or do we blame everyone else and everything else for our circumstances? Or do we lean into the simple practice in the gift of confession? You may be tempted to put the word confession into the same category as sinner and repentance. However, confession is something that we already do every week. Sneaky Presbyterian thing we have in our liturgy. And let me remind you that confession does not only mean admitting our wrongdoing or our guilt, that the Greek word for confession is also translated as profession. It can mean that we declare openly, that we speak freely, that we praise and we celebrate what it is that we believe. Earlier in Luke's Gospel, Jesus uses this word in this way. And I tell you, everyone who confesses me before others, the Son of Man will also confess before the angels of God. I know my two-year-old son, Owen, practices this type of confession really well. I haven't been able to infuse him with the right amount of, game, of shame and guilt, but I have some time. <laughs> So, a couple months ago, he threw a toy and it broke our television. The entire screen shattered. So that same weekend, we were able to replace this television with a $25 TV we got at a church garage sale. 
is about half the size of our old TV. And for days, every time Owen walked into the living room and saw this tiny TV, he joyfully exclaimed, I have a new TV. <laughs> that is his confession. <laughs> but friends, confession is not a prerequisite to God's grace. But I believe that confession certainly has the power to awaken us to the presence of God's grace in our lives, day in and day out. Author Tish Warren describes the communal practice of confession in this way. She says, when we confess and receive absolution together, we are like a football team practicing its plays or a theater company rehearsing its lines. Together as church, we are practicing learning the strokes that teach us to live our lives. Another way to look at confession and repentance is that it is, it is an opportunity to tell the truth. And the good news is that we don't have to wait until Sundays to tell the truth about ourselves and our need for God. So when we are searching for our lost keys for what feels like the millionth time, whether it's just to go to the gym or to another round of chemo, we are invited into that very sacred and ordinary moment to take a deep breath and to tell this truth. That as much as we want to find our keys, how much more does God want us to never lose sight of God's unceasing and unconditional love? And consider how letting that love washing over us will renew us every day. As a community of believers, we are also invited to tell this truth with and for our friends and our neighbors in this world for whom hope is nearly lost. And we do this trusting in the spirit to intercede on their behalf. For even when just one of us turns to God and feels God's loving embrace in those small and big moments in our lives, Christ tells us that there is an unbelievable amount of joy and rejoicing before God and all the angels in heaven and on earth. To God be the glory. Alleluia. Amen. Family of faith, there are four parts to a worship service. Four. We gather together. We read the word, we respond to the word, and then we're sent out. And so there are many ways that we respond. We sing songs, we share in communion, we give our tithes and our offerings. But one of our most common ways is we affirm what we believe. So I would like to invite you to rise in body or spirit, to respond to the word with me by affirming what we believe. 
In life and in death, we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, we trust in the one triune God, the Holy One of Israel, whom alone we worship and serve. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You may be seated. Friends, as we turn our attention to prayer this morning, I want to remind you that on the back of your bulletin you will find uh, prayers of joy and prayers of concern, and I commend those to you for your personal prayer in the coming week. Also, please remember to stop at the tables just outside the north transept door where you will find letters that have been prepared. They are care letters that come from the congregation, and you're invited to sign those letters as a form of prayer uh, for people who are experiencing some type of transition and who would be uh, of benefit to receive a word of encouragement from the congregation. Today we especially pray for the family and friends of Del Rui who passed away last weekend, for the Gunnan family in the passing of Jen's father, for the Fornana family in the passing of Paula's brother. As we remember joys in our midst, we certainly want to lift up with gratitude this past week all of the volunteers and the leaders who made Vacation Bible School and Jam Camp happen and uh, created meaningful experiences for our young people. Uh, it was a happening place in this campus, on this campus last week. So we celebrate that and we give God thanks and praise for all that uh, that meant. And we also want to offer a word of praise for Jack Meyer's return, our resident greeter who uh, has been with us this morning who is back following uh, fall and we are glad to see Jack. Friends, let us go to God in prayer. <clears throat> Good and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of this day and the promise that it brings and for your grace which is new every morning. You are God of hope and possibility. So, so today we pray that you might transform us into a people of hope and possibility, who would share your love with a world in pain, a people who would proclaim your hope into a world given to despair, a people who would live as though the world can be changed into the kingdom that is to come, a people that would relentlessly seek out one another in the same way that you, O oh Lord, seek us out and rejoice when we are found. O oh God, on this Father's Day, we offer our gratitude for the loving men who have brought us a closer view of your unconditional love. We give thanks to you for those who have shown us kindness, for those who have shown us courage, for those who have shown us generosity, for those who have shown us truth. 
for those who have shown us compassion, for those who have shown us faith, for those who have shown us love. We are grateful to you for the blessing of all sons and brothers and fathers who reveal and have revealed glimpses of your loving presence on earth. We remember today those who live with both treasured and troubled memories. We ask you to come alongside those who grieve and those who live with unmet expectations, with regret or with remorse. Oh God, you inspire your people in the ways of kindness that lift our world from its despair. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer for every son, brother, father, grandfather, uncle, friend who has suffered and endured. We pray today for all your people in need of healing, for every broken heart hidden from view, for every secret shame buried in darkness, for every untold story of sorrow and alienation. We pray for all in need, seeking your healing of the world's wars and woes and the battles within our own human spirits. We pray for your everlasting peace, that the world might know your hope, your grace, and your mercy. We pray for peace this Father's Day for wisdom and equity in the hearts and in the minds of those who lead us, for justice with mercy that seeks equitable access to the earth's resources, for passion and power in our churches to influence the world for good, for a new day when justice will roll down like waters across this land, for the revelation of your great love that never leaves us nor forsakes us. Hear our prayer, O God, for this broken world, yet hope-filled world. We pray for peace this Father's Day and every day. In the name of Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, there are not many universal truths in this world, but I think one of them might be that no one enjoys changing diapers, right? It comes to be that point, and parents play that game. It's your turn. No, it's your turn. I did it last. But we change a baby's diapers because we love our children. And whether you are rich or poor, you should be able to love your child all the same. But one in three parents in the United States do not have a sufficient fund of diapers to care for their child. So this month, every single dollar bill that ends up in the offering plate will be donated to Hope Supply Company, which helps provide basic resources for parents and their infants in need. So friends, let us give to a good and gracious God.
of every blessing, thank you for the gifts before us that we return to you for the work of the kingdom. Give us courage and wisdom, gracious God, to put this money to work, fulfilling the will of your word and transforming us into the followers you call us to be. Gratefully we pray, amen. Friends, you may be seated, and at this time I'd like to invite our Puerto Rico mission trip participants forward to the front. As followers of Christ, we have a particular responsibility to witness to the work of God in the world, as well as to witness to the stories of our siblings in faith. Tomorrow morning, Betsy and Nina and Cheryl and Kathy and I and Riley Harrison will be traveling to Puerto Rico for a week-long mission and education immersion experience. And while the work that we will do will be important, we are also being sent to hear the stories, to bear witness to our siblings in Puerto Rico, to hear the stories of Hurricane Maria and its aftermath, and to pay attention to how this disaster was both natural and unnatural. We hope to gain a greater understanding of the connectional nature of the church and to deepen our relationship with our friends in Puerto Rico. As this team goes to witness what disaster relief and resilience look like, we go with open hearts and minds and a desire to discern what it means to be a faithful and loving accompaniment partner to our friends in need. We trust that we do not go alone, but with the power of the Holy Spirit and with your love. So I invite the congregation and our mission team to join in the responsive liturgy as we commission this team. God has awakened, awakened us to our call to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. With God's help, Jesus calls us to love one another, so we will seek to share love, listen and witness, and support our partners in healing and restoration. With God's help, we send you to love God and love our The Holy Spirit challenges us to stand in the margins and gives us the courage to hear the voices of peoples long silenced. With God's help, we send you to love God and love our neighbor. We journey as members of the church, Christ's body, with humility and joy in service to those we meet along the way. With God's help, we send you to love God and love our neighbor. Let us pray. God, who is with us in every moment, from the beginning you have called your people to journey, just as you called the disciples out of the upper room on Pentecost. And so you call us to be witnesses in this world, showing up where you are already at work. As we travel to Puerto Rico, keep this group safe and give us strength and wisdom, compassion and courage. Give us open hearts and listening ears and by your Holy Spirit, let us return transformed and ready to share of our journeys. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, who we strive to follow each day. Amen. Friends, I hope you'll greet our team after worship in the atrium, and I invite all of us now to rise in spirit or in body and let us join together in our closing hymn. Amen. 
Beloved children of God, do not be dismayed by the brokenness of our world, for all things break, and sometimes we are lost, and sometimes we lose things, but all things can be mended, not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go out into this world and love intentionally, love extravagantly, love unconditionally, for the broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.